AI in Action is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Our host brings you the leading minds in AI, sharing their story, their success, and their advice. Focusing on fast-tracking you to the top, AI in Action cuts through the hype to help you kickstart your data science career. To listen to the latest AI in Action podcast, head over to www.aldus.com forward slash podcast, or subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. Hello and welcome to the AI in Action podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Kelly. Today I'm delighted to have on the show, Mark Eisenstadt. For those who don't know, Mark is the CTO and co-founder of an exciting AI company who's operating in a semiconductor space called Conductive.ai. Welcome to the show, Mark. It's great to have you. Hi, Anthony. Great to be on the show. So, Mark, look, for those people who who don't know uh, too much about you, before we go into uh, Conductive AI and what you are doing, why don't you give us a little bit of an overview into you and what got you into the position that you are today? So my background is in mathematics and I studied in Moscow University, but it was uh, quite quite a few years ago already. And I, um, after studying, I was kind of fascinated with the startup world and actually um, applying the, the um, theoretical learnings. Um, and so uh, I was working as a software developer and mostly as a data scientist and um, smaller and bigger startups uh, before actually figuring out that I want to start my own startup journey. And I worked for about a year um, on a company that was analyzing people's uh, photos to predict clothing sizes for, for online uh, shops. And after that, I got an invite uh, to Berlin from um, a startup program called Entrepreneur First. And uh, that's when I moved uh, here to Berlin and uh, how I find my co-founder who was working in the semiconductor industry, actually. And then we figured out that it's a, it's a great opportunity to, um, to apply AI in there. So tell us a little bit of your your sort of tech background. How did you get into into data science yourself? What's your what's your experience, uh, and what experience did you have prior to being a co-founder? Um, yeah, so I mean, starting from from my educational background, I was uh, majoring in statistics, and so kind of data science. I was not really involved in data science before. You know, when I was when I was uh, studying in the university, it was kind of. Uh, much more theoretical and I mean I, I knew how to fit a linear regression but like what is a neural network was was a very big mystery to me um, and so I kind of worked uh, yeah so so I was kind of starting working as a developer and then um, gradually the tasks that I was uh, um, getting in the startups involved uh, dealing with data more and more and it's kind of uh, yeah I got I got in a, in a position at a small startup as basically second employee where um, there was uh, quite a quite a few data that I had to uh, go through and I figured out you know that's that's how I can apply what I know about statistics and uh, um, I got to um, learn uh, machine learning and uh, that's where it came from and then that took you up to to kind of where you are at the moment um, so tell us a little bit about conductive.ai What's your product? How are you looking to serve your users and customers? My co-founder was working in the semiconductor industry and uh, basically what he saw in there is that there is a lot of manual work to do there. So the industry is um, basically, as everyone says it, is the most complex volume manufacturing industry. So the chips that, that, that are produced and, and a lot of other 
um, semiconductor stuff is really, really, really hard to produce, and it's it's very complex. Um, and so the tools that that they're using oper are operating in the nanometer scale. Uh, but the way that they're controlling it and the way that they're dealing with the data and how they're analyzing and optimizing these processes is really much more manual and intuitive compared to what we see in a lot of other industries. So where we come there is that uh, we uh, look at the IoT data from production uh, tools, we look at the data from the chip designs, we look at uh, the data from physical simulations, we look at the um, metrology data and the test data where they measure the, the, the outcomes of their production processes. And basically we apply AI and machine learning techniques to um, kind of figure out what are the right patterns for um, setting up the tools, the parameters of the tool so that um, the outcome of the production would be as good as possible. Excellent, cool. So um, <clears throat> something as well that I think you have quite interesting experience wise is you had quite a journey starting Constructive.ai. You know, you'd, ex you'd experience with Entrepreneur Force and then a couple of other accelerator programs. What are the the learns that you have got out going through these? Uh, and what, what did that look like? And how did that help shape shape you as a business today? And I suppose also, how did that help shape you as a CTO today? Yeah, actually, it was a huge, huge learning experience for me. So besides Entrepreneur First, which which was a really interesting program, and it's uh, but it's more like a, a conveyor belt where they they get a lot of a lot of very very smart people together and people just you know mingle with each other and try to build companies um that's that's where i got my co-founder and we kind of hit it off um we also um got in the end of last year into three different startup programs which are kind of all aligning into um our strategic you know goals of um, of uh, finding more clients in the semiconductor industry and the programs are um, Rockstart in, in Netherlands, which is also kind of a startup program. Um, um, also a startup program from um, iMac called iStart. Um, iMac is a, a semiconductor research institute in Belgium, and it's quite a quite a famous company in Belgium. And all the semiconductor factories use uh, somehow uh, stuff that is uh, developed by iMac in, in some way. So they, they have a startup program and also recently we got into a startup program from Bosch here in Berlin and Bosch also have a uh, one semiconductor factory in Germany and another they're building right now um, in Dresden. So uh, in terms of uh, experience, I would say that that it's really great to um, be together with the co-founders. Uh, with other co-founders from various companies. So for example, in, in Rockstar, it was the AI badge. Um, so there was a, a lot of other companies doing various AI applications in a lot of other industries. In Bosch, it's very focused on IoT. In iMac, we're actually the only semiconductor company there, but there's also a lot of other interesting AI companies. Um, so in terms of learning, so it's kind of peer, peer experience and also um, all of the startup programs provide mentors, which are um, either experienced people in the industry or some people who are you know, worked in uh, academia on a on a uh, advanced AI applications and uh, or some business people. So it's kind of um, really learning and growing experience for me when you talk to and interact and uh, engage with a lot of um, people with very great and interesting perspectives in life. Definitely sounds like quite a quite a nice mix then as well. You know. Um, 
you, you, you've got a range of expertise kind of not not at your disposal but that you can kind of lean on and ask for for some for some expertise on mm-hmm. yeah what I what I found out is that people are really really willing to help all the time um, so even you know um, CEOs of big companies or people who are really busy with their own projects would try to find time for you and this is what has been motivating me in the in the startup journey yeah, I know. That's that. That's really good. Definitely very valuable. Do you think? I suppose if you were to to recommend to other co-founders or aspiring uh, co-founders, do you think it's it's best to go with kind of uh, I suppose companies that that have their specialisms in, in in separate areas rather than I suppose taking company you could have easily just just partnered up with uh, with semiconductor companies or or very companies very even closer to your industry. Do you think this provides uh, more of a benefit to you? There is, there's kind of two sides always to, to a startup, you know, maybe maybe even three. Yeah, uh, there's your you know technological development, your AI tech, and there's your let's say industry that you're trying to get into. Um, and then there's always this kind of uh, VC market and your kind of uh, publicity that 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 you have to um, accumulate. So. Um, there are programs that are associated with a specific industry, for example, semiconductors, and then there are programs, kind of general startup things like Entrepreneur First or Rockstart or let's say Y Combinator, as, as everyone knows it, um, that kind of just help you generally acquire publicity and, and help with, with raising money, etc. And then there might be some academical programs where you can help you with the, your, let's say, technical research. So it really depends on your goals here. and. Uh, I think for us, unfortunately, what, what, what I have figured out is that our kind of biggest uh, roadblock right now is that the market is very big and very slow and uh, getting in there takes months and months and finding the right people and kind of uh, getting through all this NDAs and uh, negotiations is really um, something that goes quite slowly. So kind of as much as, as, much as core technical development is important, um, your business side is also important. And I think this is really big um, kind of takeaway for, for all the technical people out there is that uh, the business side matters a lot. Okay, cool. And then, so if we were to talk about uh, and move on just a little bit more and, and start talking more about, about, about conductive, you know, if you were to say in an overview uh, for those, because it's a very industry fo- it's got a lot of industry focused language the semiconductor industry uh, how would you describe the semiconductor industry to someone who's not in it and then what we'll do is is we'll look to to discuss some of the challenges that you're looking to solve then after yeah so in general i mean semiconductor is basically a piece of electronics that powers any kind of components that that, that you have let's say starting from uh, the lamp or or uh, your um let's say uh, power outlet, uh, finishing with a um, rocket or, or a car, uh, which have hundreds and thousands of different semiconductor components. And so these components can be very uh, crude and they can be very small and sophisticated. How the industry looks is that um, there are companies that design these chips, like for example, Apple or um, let's say Qualcomm for mobiles. Um, they just make the design of a chip and then they give it to us a company that specializes in manufacturing the chip. The biggest company there is maybe TSMC um, and other companies, for example, Bosch or Samsung that, that you know also do um, outsourcing in this kind of uh, area. So they take the designs that are 
produced by, let's say, Apple, and then they manufacture it and they create a chip. Um, and then there are testing facilities that test these chips. Um, they package them and then they either go into some integrated systems or they um, are sold, let's say, as a, as a processor that, that, that you can buy online. Um, so where we go here is that we're uh, working with the semiconductor factories, uh, which are called in the industry fabs. Uh, we're not really going into design that much because it's a very, um, it's a it's a kind of a separate area that that has its own um, you know uh, flow and 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 specifics. But um, in terms of the semiconductor factories, majority of them are in uh, U.S. and Southeast Asia. Let's say um, Taiwan, Japan, um, uh, Singapore, China, of course. And this um, semiconductor factory, uh, what they what they do is that um, they take a, a piece of silicon, let's say it's called a silicon wafer. Um, it's usually right now is about 30 centimeter um, in diameter, 300 millimeter wafers are the current standard. And basically they perform a few hundred processes on them, uh, different kinds of processes. Um, and some of them are very, very subtle. Some of them are less subtle, uh, but generally it goes into like nanometers, tens of nanometers, hundreds of nanometer scale. And basically each of these processes has its own parameters that you have to set up before you do this process. So what's the temperature? What's the duration of the process? How much material you use? What's the amount of a distance between this and that component inside the machine, etc. And so all of these um, parameters influence what's the outcome of, of each of the processes and the processes that you perform influences the next processes that you're going to perform afterwards because you're building a single kind of system. Um, and so what, what happens is that the complexity of this kind of whole production line, um, as we can call it, by, by this time where we're dealing with, with seven nanometer chips, let's say at this point, um, in, the, in the smallest right now, um, is so high that it's kind of hard for people to track that, you know, if I kind of see this kind of error, then probably I need to increase the temperature in this process, but it might, you know, break the next process. And then I would need to adjust the amount of helium It's just beyond the, the, the capabilities of the engineers to kind of analyze everything that's going on there. This is where AI comes from. But of course, um, there's quite a lot of obstacles to that in terms of organizational structure, in terms of collecting the data, kind of your, you know, usual AI in the enterprise struggle. What's different about how you use the data versus, or even the data that you are collecting? I know you mentioned about these these small little minuscule, uh, I suppose, differences um, between measurements. But I suppose, how do you track and use that data versus, I don't know, let's say like an e-commerce company? Mm -hmm. I think that um, uh, one of the differences is that um, the data is very, comes from a lot of different sources. Let's say you have um, your production tools, where which are actually operated by the, the the companies that produce them, and they can cost I don't know tens or hundreds of millions of dollars like each tool, and there's quite a few of those inside the factory, and uh, there are engineers that come with these tools with the, to the factory that operate it, and uh, sometimes this data that is inside this tool that is produced during the the, the operation um, is actually belongs or or is operated by the company that produced the tool. Um, then there are tools that are measuring, like scanning electron microscopes, um, measurement tools that, that detect defects, that detect the, the, the quality of, of various processes. 
Um, then there is the um, data that comes from the design, and this is, let's say, the most sensitive data uh, for one part because it doesn't belong to the to the actual factory uh, because it's given to the factory so that they can produce it. Then there's the data from, um, it's called electrical tests that are performed after the uh, chip is produced. So there's a lot of different data sources that are really, really hard to aggregate. Um, and, and the factories are barely at this point in time starting to kind of um, aggregate it together, create kind of data lakes where they put everything, but uh, still it's um, hard to hard to put it into a single, you know, um, into a single format that is easy to analyze. Another, another aspect of that is that um, the data does not always come uh, to the this kind of aggregated place or even if it does in a in a in the same format that it is generated because you can for example if you are producing it and then you have sensors that are you know measuring something five times a second um, during hours and hours and hours and you get you know a lot of data uh, you might want to aggregate it for example over certain periods of time and then um, only aggregated data would go in a in a kind of um, gen general storage Cool. So then, look, when you've got all this data, how are you looking to perform advanced analytics? And then how you are actually looking at bringing AI or machine learning in uh, to, to actually use this data then to impact your, your users? So basically, as, as I have described right now, um, there are, let's say, process engineers who is responsible for, let's say, deposition process or lithography process inside the factory. And he is looking at the data that is available to him and tries to um, understand, let's say, if this kind of error happens and this probably happens because of this thing. And there is software that's kind of displays the data and there's software that is, um, let's say, can get some actionable insights to this person. But what we see is missing is kind of um, real AI software that would take over the um, process from, from the engineer. and. Um, let's say empower the engineer so that the engineer would kind of be able to to um, not only kind of operate based on their you know insights and hunches and uh, and their experience but also kind of leverage all the data that that has been accumulated over time okay excellent and then I suppose look, one is you know kind of where the market is at the moment where do you where do you see the market of of AI in semiconductors going in the future how much more do you think there is left to left to uncover or how much more that can be done yeah I think I think we're now kind of an, in an inflection point where everyone has suddenly figured out that that the industry uh, that have been you know using the the processes that it has been using uh, found out that they're not working anymore in the way that they're supposed to with the, let's say, reduction in the um, technology nodes or the, the, the amount of nanometers that they're working on. And so one big trend is that everyone is trying to kind of collect the data uh, together in the form that, that they can do um, AI and analytics on top of it. Um, and, and not the least of the problems is that the data, um, just persisting the data because on, on one tool, the data might be stored for 30 days, on another tool, it might be stored for seven days, and then it might go to some kind of server where it be stored for uh, three months or something. And then there's kind of this, this discrepancies where, which they're trying to alleviate. And in terms of, in terms of analytics, of course, um, there's a lot of 
potential for uh, leveraging this this data once once it's collected together and um, the data science teams and the process engineers that we see in the factories are definitely um, outnumbered let's say compared compared to the task that they're supposed to do they're either um, they're either inside a kind of an IT department which is you know um, uh, is responsible for managing the IT infrastructure inside a process department which is um, kind of working with specific uh, semiconductor processes but um, I think what is what is really required is um, kind of uh, recognizing in the industry AI as its own as its own right then this is all going to play back into how user user looking at at increasing the, the quality of of these uh, these products at the end of the process mm-hmm. yeah so it's it's really kind of hard for for the companies to track what happens uh, after they have produced it so let's say you have done 300 processes on a wafer and then you get a chip but they really don't know what happens to it afterwards yeah so that's something and i suppose for me like is this something was this data always collected or is it something that kind of as the the buzz around data data science started to come the semiconductor industry started to look at it and say okay look just something we could do here or or is it something that you know has been done the whole time and you probably just wouldn't be aware of it unless you're in the industry I think that it's gradually going more and more. Of course, people are this kind of things like statistical process control, where you you know look at the charts of of what's going on and and try to and try to understand you know when does your tool stop producing the way that you want it to produce. And um, these things have been happening around there forever, uh, but gradually it's getting it's getting more and more complex, and uh, the need for for AI increases in a in a speed that 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 they have not seen before and it's it's a real challenge for 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 these companies but this kind of general analytics uh, and uh, control um, control algorithms that that were in a lot of other uh, manufacturing industries or even in, in in other industries like i don't know retail uh, were also present in the semiconductors it's just that um, they were not recognized as as um, is something that is really driving the complexity of production. Yeah, it's really, really cool how um, these things started to really, really change over time. Um, but no, it's it, it's really exciting. Um, well, Mark, I think that's that's us for time. We we've covered what we wanted to what wanted to get across on this. Um, so thank you for being on the show. So for those listening, today's guest was. Mark Eisenstadt, who is the CTO and co-founder of Conductive AI, who are a company providing AI solutions into the semiconductor industry. Mark, thanks a million for being on the show. It was great to have you. Thank you so much, Anthony. It was great talking to you. AI Action is brought to you by Aldus International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Aldus offer an exec search program. Aldus can help you discover how data science and AI can transform your company. With our unrivaled network of C-suite executives and senior AI professionals, we offer retained search services across the US and Europe. Get the Aldus advantage. Become a member of the Aldus community and enjoy some of the following. AI meetups. Once a month, our community gathers to listen to some of the leading experts in the world of data science and AI. Our speakers come from all over the world, including Dublin, Boston, and Frankfurt. We also have our AI mentors. Our experts will provide mentoring to Aldus members. And don't forget our AI on Action podcast. 
Each week we have guests from all over the world talking us through their education, career and more. Become an Aldis member and get the Aldis advantage. For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, log on to www.aldis.com. That's www.aldis.com. Aldis International, empowering through AI.